team prepared some some light snacks for you. Uh, I think it's called Sloppy Jalopy, is it? Sloppy Joe's. All right. I, uh, yeah, I encourage you to come and stay maybe for maybe five, ten minutes, have something to eat. And I, I believe I believe some of our people got us uh, an anniversary cake too. The cake is for sharing too, right? Sloppy people? <laughs> yeah, all right. So yeah, you can have cake uh, in Sloppy Jalopy. Sloppy Joe from uh, our welcome team. And uh, this is your first time. Thank you for coming to Mosaic Church. And like I said, it's Easter and it's our anniversary, a double celebration. And we are happy that you joined us on this beautiful Sunday morning. You see, the resurrection of Jesus, for those of you who come to church twice a year, Christmas and Easter, you only hear two messages, Christmas and Easter, the birth of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. But you know what? Um, there's this... This, uh, there's this guy who, who comes to church every two, uh, twice, twice a year. He comes Christmas and Easter, and, and he told his pastor, you know what, I, I only come to church twice because your, your sermons are so good, it lasts me that long. So, so that's good. I hope, I hope this won't last you so long, all right? I hope you come back. But like I said, the resurrection completes the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is this. It's very simple. The gospel, and it's... Its original meaning comes from, from these words, God and spell. God's spell, which means the story of God. The other name for the gospel is good news. Now, why is it good news? And, and how, how is it good news? You see, it's good news because, because it contains four very important truths that God wants us to know. First truth is this. Christ died for our sins. Second, he was buried Third, he was raised from the dead. And then four, number four, Christ was seen by many witnesses. So the resurrection completes the gospel. Without the resurrection, there's no point in gathering together like this. There's no point in anything we do as a church. Without the resurrection, there is no gospel. And Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God that saves. It is the message of the gospel, the message that is contained in the good news of Jesus that saves people. So let's talk about the four important elements of the gospel before we dive into some of the lessons that we can learn here this morning on this beautiful Easter day. The first fact is this, Christ died for our sins. Jesus died for a purpose. He did not die a worthless death. That is something that you must understand. You and I must understand that when Jesus hung on the cross, it wasn't because nobody else wanted to be there. It wasn't because 
he was a criminal wasn't because uh, a regular regular execution day and, and they found him to be at fault it's not like that it was for a reason Jesus hung on the cross and died there for a reason Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sin of every man woman and child that has ever lived sin is the reason why he was separated from God and hung on that cross. Sin is the reason why we are separated from God. You see, the original plan of God is to bring His creation, His people, to be part of His family. But there's an enemy called Satan who tried to ruin that and stole what God created by teasing and cheating man, lying to man and saying, hey, you know what? If you disobey God, you can be like Him. And that caused the separation of mankind from God. And so God had to make a way for, for him to be connected once again to the people that he created, the people that he loved. We've been learning over the last six weeks that the purpose of God for humanity is for us to become part of his family. And the only way that he can restore that relationship, that broken relationship, is through Jesus Christ, his son, and the sacrifice that he did on that cross. There is a purpose for his death. Truth is, we should have died on that cross for our sins, but Jesus died on our place. That means the death he suffered on that cross was your death and my death. We should have been the ones nailed to the cross. Romans chapter 3 verses 23 to 26 says, For everyone has sinned, we fall short of God's glorious standard. Christ Jesus, when, when he freed us from the penalty of our sins, he, he did this. He did this. God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrifices life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not push those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. And what is that? God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. He declares sinners, all of us, to be right in his sight when they what believed in Jesus. So in short, if I will have to concise that statement, it's this. Jesus took your place so that you might have his place. Jesus took your hell so that you might have his heaven. Because God wants you to be part of his family. Number two, Christ was buried. When Jesus died, it was the center of city, the city's attention. You see, a week before he died, almost several days before he died, he entered Jerusalem and people were waving palm branches at him, saying, Welcome, Son of Man. Welcome, Son of God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Save us now. So imagine that intense welcome that Jesus received. And six days later, he was condemned to die on the cross. And therefore, this popular guy and his death was the city's attention. Five days later, after he came from, from somewhere else into Jerusalem, he was hanging on the cross. And he was buried. In fact, he, he really died and he really was buried. He was taken down from the cross, wrapped 
his body by his disciples according to the custom of the day and he was placed in a tomb and, and the Bible tells us that that's, that tomb was sealed with a heavy rock. We, we find that in John chapter 14, 19 verse 40. You see, the emperor gave his seal of approval in, in saying, okay, if you think this guy is a rebel or was a rebel rouser, and you think that his followers will create havoc, they would steal his body, here's what I want to do. Seal the tomb with a stone, and I am handing you my emperor seal, and have it guarded by some of my emperor, emperor guards, to make sure that nobody, no, no foolhardy person, no stupid guy would, would try to steal the body of Jesus. Matthew 27, 66 says, So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. So he was in fact killed, he was in fact buried, but he was in fact raised. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And that is what we celebrate this morning. He arose. His bones are nowhere to be found. He is alive. The firm foundation of the Christian faith is an empty tomb and an empty cross. That is the foundation of our faith. St. Paul said, if Christ did not rise, then your faith is futile. It's pointless. Everything that we do, even the songs that we sang today, if God did not raise Jesus from the grave, our songs would have been pointless. My talk here would be just chatter and nothing else matters. But why are we here? Because it is true that Christ rose from the grave. Christ rose from the grave. Fact number four is this, which supports number three. Christ was seen by many witnesses. Jesus appeared to Peter and the, the other apostles. This is evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. In fact, St. Paul challenged some of the people who doubted the resurrection. He told them to go check out the authenticity of the claim of the resurrection of Jesus for themselves by mentioning those names in the book that he wrote in 1 Corinthians. In fact, let's read that. He said in 1 Corinthians 15, 5 to 7, He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than what? 500 of his followers at one time most of whom are still alive at the time of this writing. So Paul is saying, I have convincing proof. There are people who are still alive who have seen Jesus. There is a painting hanging in my kitchen, actually in my dining room, and, and I was hanging out with, with some teenagers last um, Friday. They had Bible study at my house, and, and one of them admired this painting and said, Pastor John, that's a great painting. Did you, did you paint that? I was like, no, my mother painted that just right after she passed away. And she's like, he was like, oh, wow, that's, that's great. You didn't get that right after she passed away. I'm like, oh, oh. And everybody's like, uh, Pastor John got you. I can't tell that about my mother, but I can tell this about Jesus. You know, uh, people are able to say, oh, yeah. I met with Jesus at the, uh, you know, on the road to Emmaus, just you know, a few days after he passed away. Isn't that great? People saw him. More than 500 people saw the living Christ after he died. And therefore, I can attest to you, if you are here in doubt of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
I am not reading from a myth mythical book. Historians, historians, like secular historians from universities, could attest to the fact that Jesus was a living individual, was indeed a person who existed. He's part of history. In fact, he's so much a part of history, his life, his legacy is still felt to this day. We are part of his legacy. Whenever you write on your check, the, the, the year 2015, that is a reflection of the reality of Jesus. Because time, even, even time was divided by his birth. We have a BC before Christ, and we have an AD, the year of the Lord. That is how authentic Jesus is. And so people witnessed his resurrection. People saw him after he passed away. See, if this gospel were not true, why would people risk their lives for it? Why would people subject themselves to daily dangers if the gospel were a hoax? In fact, St. Paul himself wrote this, 1 Corinthians 15.30. He said, and why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death. Daily. Why does he face death daily? To preach about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you read through the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he's telling the people of Corinth, Hey, I am subjecting myself to danger to do this. To preach the gospel. To preach that there is a God, there is a son of God who was raised from the dead. I will not risk my life for a lie. And I can attest to you today, most of you, even though you have not seen Jesus physically, you have met Jesus spiritually. You have come to faith in Jesus. In fact, John chapter 20, if you read there, it says, Blessed are those who have not seen me, yet believed. Who believes in Jesus? Blessed are you. Say, I am blessed. Now, like I said, if the gospel were not true, if Jesus did not raise from the, from the grave, why would people subject themselves to danger? Even to this day, people die for their faith. People would choose death just so that, you know, they would choose to embrace death in the face of a choice. Okay. Would you rather believe in Jesus and die or deny him and live? Some of you are following the news. Over the last few days, I've been following some of the happenings in Kenya where I think 140 plus people were shot. Why? Because they were Christians. Some people would think that's foolish. I could easily deny Jesus. You know what that means? That, that faith is not authentic. But for people who know Jesus, they will never be able to deny Jesus. There was a time in Peter's life when he denied Jesus and felt so sorry for it. Because you can't deny Jesus without feeling trashed inside without pe feeling 
crappy inside. If you are genuinely related to Jesus, you can never deny him and go along with get along with your life smoothly. You will always have to come back. Because this gospel of Jesus Christ is true. The only reason I can give you why people subject themselves to danger for the gospel is because this gospel is true. The gospel is all that Jesus has done for you. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. Now when you embrace what Jesus has done for you, when you embrace this gospel, when you embrace this good news, it has the power to do so many things in your life. And here's the first thing that it does to you. When you embrace what Jesus has done for you, it has the power to transform your life. St. Paul wrote in Romans, like I said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. What's interesting is that this man who wrote what I just read to you, St. Paul used to be known as Saul. And according to 1 Corinthians 15, 19, oh, 9 to 10, he said, I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I am not even worthy to be called an apostle because of how I persecuted God's church. He devoted his life before he became a Christian, before, before he became a believer, he devoted his entire life up to that point to persecute Christians, to destroy Christianity, to get rid of Christians from all sectors and corners of Palestine. He had that mission in mind and he was committed to do it. That was before he came to Christ. But miracle of miracles. The man who used to destroy, who used to, to take it as a mission to destroy Christianity became the one who propagated it. Because the gospel has the power to transform life. He can transform yours. When you embrace the power of the gospel, it has the power to direct your attention. Because of God's grace and the power of the resurrection in Paul's life, he experienced a fresh move from the Spirit by redirecting the focus on the task that God had given him. His task was to preach the gospel to every creature. And it became his life's work and mission to do that. Because the gospel has the power to redirect our thoughts. It has the power to redirect our lives. 1 Corinthians 15, 10-11 says, For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I but God who was working through me by His grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message. You have already believed. You see, when God directs your attention, He also renews your mind. That is Hebrews 12, 1. When you embrace what Jesus has done for you, it has the power to restore anything that is shattered in your life. Anything that is broken in your life. If you embrace the power of the resurrection, God has the power to restore things and put things back into order in your life. I believe that. The power of the resurrection restores anything that has been shattered in your life. First Peter 2.24 says, He personally carried our sins 
in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds we are, read that for me, healed. A lot of theologians and pastors debate about this. What, what does heal mean here? Does it mean physical healing? Or does it mean spiritual healing? I say both. I say both. You see, Christ came to bring healing to our broken souls. But Christ also came to give life, to bring healing, to bring restoration. So I say both. See, the word healed, translated in this, in this um, verse from, from the Greek and the Hebrew, can mean both spiritual and physical healing. You see, physical healing for some people who need it, remember that all healing is from God, whether it's through rest or sunshine or healthy diet or God-given skill of physicians or, or surgeons or when, when one chooses to pray and then God answers miraculously, all of the above, all healing comes from God. Can I hear an amen? amen? Just like all truth is from God, all healing is from God. There's physical healing available for you in Jesus' name. But there are also, there's also emotional healing. I believe emotional healing begins with spiritual healing. The cross of Jesus Christ where he bore our sins and took our punishment, made it possible for us to be reconciled to God. That is spiritual restoration, that's spiritual healing. But from that, from that salvation comes emotional healing. He shows you that He loves you. He shows you that He embraces you. His sacrifice brings us peace, all kinds of peace, including the peace of mind. So that's spiritual and emotional healing, isn't it? God uses, in addition to the gospel of Jesus Christ, at least five instruments to heal us. First, His Word. There's healing in His Word. Emotional healing can be, can be extracted from the Word of God. We can praise Him. Healing can also come through forgiveness and encouragement from people and, and a godly self-image. You see, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 says this, I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Let me say something more about forgiveness here. See, Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. A lot of us are carrying unnecessary baggage just because we haven't forgiven anyone or the people that have hurt us. True forgiveness is a deliberate decision to release the offender from all the guilt and the sin that they have committed against you. And to refuse to bring up the offense to use against them. But also we must refuse to think about it or to have it to have it control us. And that is where the word of God comes in. When we do that, 
It frees us and it allows us to claim the power of the gospel to restore broken relationships and even broken emotions. <coughs> Maybe it's time for you to be healed from the hurt that keeps you from experiencing joy in your life. Maybe you need to forgive and ask for forgiveness in order for you to be restored. You know, whatever broke your heart, whatever or whoever battered or bruised you emotionally and spiritually, there is room at the foot of the cross for you and you can seek his healing. Perhaps you're struggling with loneliness and depression. Maybe you have been abandoned by people you thought would not ever ab abandon you. My prayer is that you will find healing in the resurrection power of Jesus. Psalm 34, 18 says this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. If that is you, you just heard from his word that he is close to you. And I pray that you will embrace that truth. Next is, when you embrace the power of the gospel, it has the power to live you have the power to live in God's spirit. It gives you the power to live in the spirit. It empowers you to be a better person. Romans chapter 8 verses 9 to 11 says this, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. If you embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, this spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, the same spirit that was breathed into the disciples that made them courageous, the same spirit at work in the Bible will be the same spirit at work in your life. That is if you embrace the power of the gospel. Verse 11 of Romans chapter 8 says, The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give you life. He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. And then, if you embrace the power of the gospel, it has the power to destroy your greatest fears. What is your greatest fear? What is your greatest fear right now? Philippians chapter 1 verses 20 to 21 and here Paul is speaking St. Paul he said for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed but I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die for me living means living for Christ and dying is even better but if I live I can do more fruitful work for Christ so I really don't know which is better I am torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be better for me. But for your sake, it's better to continue to live. Now, what do these verses say? St. Paul did not fear even the greatest fear mankind has. What is that? Death. If Paul is able to conquer his fear of death, because of his belief in Jesus Christ, you too will no longer have to fear death. That's why the Bible says, oh death, where is your sting? It no longer stings when, when you think of death. In fact, Paul says here, you know, to live is Christ, but if dying is even better. Because dying, instead of, of becoming something that you, you're afraid of, it becomes something that you want to embrace. 
right away because, because dying is a gateway into an, a more eternal and a more happy life in Jesus. One of my favorite, favorite songs says this. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. If you know for a fact that Jesus, Jesus is the one who controls your destiny, that Jesus is the one who commands your life, you will have no fear. You will have no fear. What are your fears? It can be from as simple as fear of spiders. To fear of rejection, to fear of death. I don't know what your fears are. But I pray that the power of the resurrection will dispel all fear in your life. Which leads me to my next point, and we're just about ready to close. The power to secure your destiny. With the power of the resurrection of Jesus, he secured your future both here on earth and in the life to come. First, it assures you regarding the certainty of your salvation. 2 Corinthians 5.1 says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, not by human hands. Second, the resurrection of Jesus Christ ushers a new era in your life as a witness for Jesus. So two things that secures your destiny. First, you are secured into your destiny in terms of your future, your future home in heaven when you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the second thing that it does to you is that it, it changes your course, the course of your life. You become a disciple maker. You become a follower of Jesus Christ who will win more people to become his disciples. Your security. Rest on Jesus if you believe in the gospel. You see, the Holy Spirit is given to you to live the power of the resurrection, as well as to empower you to fulfill your calling to bring others to Him. And finally, when you embrace the power of the gospel, it has the ability to help you live victoriously. Victoriously. You see, Christ is victorious. And because he is victorious, anyone who belongs to him is victorious. Jesus is an overcomer, so everyone who believes in him is an overcomer. If you have been a believer for the longest time and you, you are not able to overcome, something might be wrong. Maybe you're not, you're not appropriating the gift of overcoming. The promise of being able to overcome in your life. I have this addiction that I, I'm trying to get rid of, but I can't. Jesus can. You see, what's cool about the resurrection story is this. In Mark, if you read the resurrection story there, women were on their way to the tomb of Jesus to anoint his body. And while they were walking towards the tomb, they were, they were talking amongst themselves. You know how women are, right? Um, they were talking amongst themselves and they were like, so who's going to roll the stone away? Who's going to roll the stone away? Because there were women 
And, and the stone that covered Jesus' tomb should at least be 500 pounds. And I'm not sure how big and, or tall these women were, but they were thinking, who would roll the stone away? How can we anoint the body of Jesus? But when they got there, the stone has already been rolled away. What does that say? What does that say? The way I see it is this. There's no stone too heavy for God to be rolled away from your life. If there is a barrier in, in your life from you to pursue what God wants for you to, to experience, it's a matter of trusting God. You know what? Who's going to roll this, this, this addiction away? Who's going to roll this, this struggle away? Jesus can. Jesus can. John 16.33 says this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Like I said, Christ is victorious and anyone who believes in him should be able to experience his victory. He is an overcomer and therefore you ought to be an overcomer. We are overcomers through Jesus Christ. In fact, the word overcomer here, I love studying languages. Um, and and here's, here's something that I'd like for you to remember. The word overcome or overcomer is the Greek word nikao where we get the word Nike. Yes, the brand. That's where they got it. That means to win, to conquer, prevail, triumph, overcome. Amen. You know, 1 John chapter 5, verse 5 says this. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you want to be an overcomer? Yeah. Are you struggling with addictions? Are you struggling with, with, with so many things in your life that you feel you're defeated all the time? You can be an overcomer in Christ's name. If you believe in Him with all of your heart, He will give you the ability to overcome certain things in your life. In fact, all of the things that make you feel defeated. Do you want to be an overcomer? I do. The only thing that would keep you from becoming an overcomer is you. Everything that Christ had to do had already been done so that you can be an overcomer. It's just a matter of you appropriating it, receiving it in your life. It's a matter of you saying, God, I choose to be an overcomer because my Lord is an overcomer. I choose to say no to some of my addictions, to some of the temptations that come my way. I say no. I want to be an overcomer because I have discovered a greater love, a love that is that makes everything else faint, that it makes everything else look nasty and, and not worth pursuing. I have found a love in you that would allow me to say no to some of the temptations in my life, some of the addictions that I struggle with, some of the, the nasty things that I engage in. I have found a love that is greater. And that love, that faith, that hope, that Lord helps me overcome. As I close,
close, I have several challenges for you, and this is Easter, and, and I, I love doing this. I have just presented to you the benefits of believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You would be crazy, you would be stupid if you refuse the gospel that is presented to you today. All of the benefits coming from the gospel are so amazing. Who wouldn't want to experience victory? Who wouldn't want to experience forgiveness? Who wouldn't want to experience restoration and healing and all those things? Who wouldn't want those? Only that, only those who are crazy enough to think that they can go about their lives without Jesus. So my challenge to you this morning is this. Receive the gospel. Receive Jesus into your life. If you want to be an overcomer, if you want to be able to say, Jesus, I want to be an overcomer just like you, because you have overcome the grave, I will be able to overcome my fears. Because you have overcome all the temptations that came your way, I will be able to say no to them as well. For the Lamb has overcome the world, I will be able to overcome opportunity to receive the gospel 
to receive Jesus into your life. If you haven't done this before, and, and this is your first time to say, Jesus, what the preacher is saying is something that I want, something that I, I yearn for. I want to be able to overcome. I want this eternal life that you're promising. I want this eternal life that you want to give. I want to be victorious, Jesus. If you're that, and you want to receive him as your Lord and your Savior, it's as simple as this, praying to receive him. If it's your desire to receive Jesus and the gospel, the work that he has done, I'd like for you to pray this prayer sincerely with all of your heart. Say these words, Jesus, I am a sinner. I am separated from you. But thank you that because of your great love, you chose to come to die on the cross as payment for my sin. I believe that your death on the cross is your way of saving me. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose from the grave, which is a sign for me that if I die and when I die, I have the assurance of eternal life. I can rise with you. So Lord, I believe your finished work. I now receive you as my Lord. I now receive you as my Savior. Live your life in me so that I may be like you, an overcomer. I pray in your name. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, I'd like for you, at the count of three, just raise your hand and just tell these people, this, this world, that you've done it for the first time. All right, one, two, three, do it. All right, praise the Lord. Yay! Yay! Praise God. Thank you for doing that. What you just did is you received Jesus into your life. You are now an overcomer. Continue to live in Him. Believe God. Believe that He will bring the best in your life. The best is yet to come. Now I have another challenge for some of you. This is before we close. If you have given your life to Jesus in the past, but you haven't really fully surrendered your life to Him through baptism, we have a baptism service coming up on April 26th. That's something that you would want to consider. In fact, the, the, the next step after receiving Jesus is to follow him in baptism. Baptism is not something for people who have been perfected. Like JP said, you don't wait till you become perfect before you get baptized. Everybody can be baptized as long as you have received Jesus in your heart. So please indicate that. Let us know of your decision by, by filling out the connection card. Just write your name and check the box there that says, I want, I have received Jesus today. And if you want to get baptized, check the box there that says, I want to get baptized. I want more information about it. All right? Is that something that you can do? Amen. All right. Let's close with a word of prayer. And maybe we can sing one more bridge there. Jesus, thank you for the victory that you have won.